Hello and welcome to the Homes Politicast. I'm Thomas. And I'm Jim. And we're here recording deep in our underground bunker, hiding away from the government amidst this coronavirus pandemic. We know that uh, it's dangerous to be out, but we did it for you guys because we love you guys so much. So today we're, we're restructuring the news segment a little bit. Uh, not today, uh, but in the future, we're restructuring the news segment a little bit. What? <laughs> I did it. Beautiful, beautiful. So uh, here's the idea. Um, instead of just doing, you know, reading through an article, um, we are going to be having a theme for the show based on what the news is throughout the week. So it will be less about straight reading through an article and more about seeing how the article either ties into or supports our theme. And we'll be doing that a little bit today. Uh, we didn't plan this out for today, but we're going to be, I mean, there's, there's only been one thing being talked about and that's coronavirus. So that's our theme for today. Corona apocalypse. Well, I was going to do this article, but then I realized that this article says that we're not allowed to be here. So do it. Do it. Okay. Do it. All right. So they don't know where we're at. That's true. So they can't find us. Okay. We're in the basement, maybe. The hidden underground bunker. Underground yeah, bunker. Yeah. We're, in a bunker. we're in a secret underground bunker. So. Yes. So they won't even know. Okay. So for you, people that you know follow the law and are good mm -hmm. government abiding citizens. I mean, law-abiding citizens. That's what I was looking for. Law-abiding law citizens. citizens. Yes. yes. So the Center Square posted an article, What You Need to Know About Whitmer's Stay-at-Home Order. So it went into effect March 24th, um, and it was originally supposed to go through April 13th. It's been extended to, I believe, April 20th. So any non-essential workers defined as those who work, whose work is quote-unquote, not necessary to sustain or protect life, are to stay at home from work. Most employers must inform their workers of their classification. I don't know why it would say most in there. That's weird. So it's basically you can leave the house for to go to the grocery store, gas station, banks, um, and restaurants that serve takeout food. Um, you can leave if your work is deemed essential. I'm sure all of our listeners already know this, but... Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't hurt to go through it for any of that that haven't or that don't know this. So here's a list of what you can leave the house for. They've got exercise to perform jobs deemed necessary for critical infrastructure. Uh, so basically, if your job is um, deemed essential, uh, to perform tasks that are necessary to their own family members' health and safety, including pets such as getting medicine or, non or necessary medical or dental care for an emergency. To get groceries, gas, takeout food, medicine, and safety and sanitization equipment. To care for minors, dependents, the elderly, persons with disabilities, and vulnerable persons, or to visit an individual under the care of a healthcare facility. To attend court-ordered legal proceedings or hearings essential for emergency purposes. To work or volunteer for businesses or nonprofits that provide food, shelter, and other critical services for economically disadvantaged or otherwise needy individuals. To leave this state for a home elsewhere. 
to travel between two residents in this state. While outdoors, you must stay six feet away from one another. And the order encourages residents to use delivery services as much as possible. So they're they're doing all this because of the the massive growth growth in the cases here in Michigan. So that's the Center Squares article. Uh, basically, what you need to know about Whitmer's stay-at-home order, I deemed us necessary. So mm-hmm. we are allowed to travel to our underground bunker to do this. I don't know. Maybe the state disagrees, but we're essential for the people's mental health. Exactly. Exactly. We got to get mm-hmm. uh, a, a feeling of camaraderie exactly. here in, in this, right. these stressful um, mm-hmm. social distancing times. That's right. So and with this coronavirus pandemic, there it's it's spreading a little bit more in Michigan than I initially thought it was. I was pretty flippant about it on the show uh, two weeks ago. But we are now up to 6,498 confirmed cases and 184 reported deaths with almost 2,500 of those cases being new since Saturday and 54 of those deaths being new from Saturday. Uh, One of those deaths has actually uh, touched our lawmakers. Um, State Representative Isaac Robinson from Detroit died on Sunday. MLive reports that Robinson, 44, died at Detroit Medical Center Hospital after reportedly having breathing problems in the days prior. His mother, former State Representative Rosemary Robinson of Detroit, told Cranes in a story posted Sunday night. So Cranes reported that Robinson died of suspected coronavirus infection, but the cause of his health was not immediately confirmed late Sunday. MLive also reports the news of Robinson's death comes just three days after House leaders confirmed State Representative Tyrone Carter of Detroit tested positive for coronavirus. So it looks like it may be spreading among our elected officials. So I'm sure we'll all be watching that development. I know everybody's, that's just about all the news is coronavirus. So uh, we'll keep watching that development. Uh, Jim, did you want to bring us your article? Sure. Um, Maybe a little good news for the people of Detroit, that uh, according to the Detroit Free Press, um, people who have lost water service because of non-payment of bills will have that service reconnected under an executive order signed by Governor Whitmer. The order comes with a $2 million state grant attached that will be administered by the State Department of of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy, and sent to communities to reconnect service, which Whitmer deemed essential to help fight the spread of the coronavirus. The order, which will remain in effect through the duration of the coronavirus crisis, requires public water suppliers to immediately identify residences in their service area that do not currently have water service and to make best efforts to restore service to homes. The program, however, does not absolve residents of the responsibility to pay past due bills once the crisis has abated. It will also provide funding for replacement of lead pipes in Detroit. So that's some good news. Yeah, that is good news. Um, they still will have to pay, though, I mean, in the end. But yeah. to help the for $25 a month, they can keep their service. And then afterward, after the crisis is over, then they can uh, they'll get, I guess, a bill or a, 
payment okay. plan or something for any water they used over it. But yeah, but just to keep them, you know, they've waived it just for twenty-five dollars a month. All right, well, so, that's, that's yeah. not bad. And I think in places lead pipes, that'll be good too. Yeah. Yeah, that would because they need to um, whatever it's called. Um, well, the lead poisoning, I guess. <laughs> yeah, lead poisoning. I don't know why I laughed. Uh, <laughs> lead poisoning. It's okay. We can cut it. You know, to uh, it, it'll. Okay, just cut the whole thing, I guess. Jim gets excited about lead poisoning. Yeah, lead poisoning <laughs> is just. Uh, don't get me started on lead poisoning. I get I get way too. Giddy. <laughs> I think we should keep that. We got enough bloopers in me. I think mm. we should get Jim lead poisoning and then laugh yeah. maniacally. <laughs> it wasn't maniacal laugh. It wasn't a maniacal. I just thought it was a little humorous. But, no, not humorous. I think I lead poisoning. Humorous that I couldn't think of what the word was when it was right there. Lead pipes, and I couldn't think of lead poisoning. Okay, I'm done. I quit. Excuse better and better. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm done. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yep. We're keeping that for the bloopers. <laughs> All right. So I looked online. So more good news, actually, uh, from – so this isn't happening in Michigan, but I thought we should include it because it is a Michigan native. Oh, okay. So uh, ABC's subsidiary – in, I believe it's Lansing. It's, oh no, Detroit. W X Y Z. Yeah, <laughs> that was my first thought when I read it. I was like, "This is real." And I looked, and sure enough, News Action Seven. W X Y Z. I'm like, that sounds like all the all fake right. news. Fake. Like, it's like, fake news. Like the five 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 phone number. Yeah. you know, <laughs> this is a fake. Fake uh, news section. WXYZ. Yep. Yep. So it is a real news source, though. Uh, for those that are skeptical, you can check it out. It's it's ABC, you know. Disney runs it. Uh, so we know it's reliable. Disney runs everything now. Yeah, yeah. they do. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so a man from St. Clair Shores is on the front lines in the fight against coronavirus. Jason McLeon's lab was the first to make a key discovery in the structure of the virus, which paved the way for a vaccine. McLeon is in Austin, Texas, where his team is doing breakthrough research on the coronavirus with the goal of saving lives. When he first heard about the coronavirus in China last, late last year, McLeon and his team from the University of Texas at Austin jumped into action. He's currently an associate professor of molecular biosciences. As soon as it was confirmed to be coronavirus and the genome was published, we got to work. McLeland told Seven Action News, we had to apply all our prior knowledge for making these stabilized spikes. McLeland's lab and his colleagues at the Natural Institute of Health have already been researching coronaviruses like SARS and MERS since 2013. What? SARS and MERS are... Yeah, but you said corona, like, that sentence was all... Coronaviruses are a brand of viruses. There are many coronaviruses. Mm. Yeah, this is... This one's COVID-19. COVID-19, yeah. We just we just call it coronavirus because it's easier. Yeah, so... I thought they were interchangeable. Like, I thought they, it was the same thing. Oh, okay, no. yeah. No, there are multiple coronaviruses. So, yeah, for any of our listeners that are a little confused by that, we'll just leave this whole thing in here because that's, yeah. that's fine. 
is a discussion. Um, so yeah, there are multiple coronaviruses. The one we're dealing with right now is a specific kind of coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, but there are others like, like the article mentioned, SARS and uh, MERS. So those are both kinds of coronaviruses. Um, this particular strain is the one that they've been working on hmm. um, lately. They, they had previously been working on others right. and looking at the genomes um, to try and figure out, you know, a way to develop a vaccine. That's that's what I was looking for. Develop a vaccine. That's exactly it. Good job, Faith Um This is what we have a producer for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keeps us on track. McLean goes on to say, "We started working on the structure, and they, the NIH, began coordinating with Moderna to get the first vaccine formulated." And it's been pretty amazing. I think in less than 90 days, we went from the genome of a virus to phase one clinical trials. That is crazy. So I don't know. What is phase one? Phase one clinical trials are rats, right? Or I mice? really don't know, but I would imagine it's probably, yeah. I think they are. Small creatures, rats and mice. Yeah. It says here, so it says here, we know others are using it as a probe. So we kind of use this like bait, like going fishing. We can incubate it with cells or blood of people that have been infected with coronavirus, identify antibodies that bind to it, fish them out, and eventually those can be sealed up and injected into people. Hmm. So that's kind of what they're doing is they're, um, they're figuring out what natural antibodies we have that attack it and then boosting those. So he says, we think coronaviruses are going to continue to emerge in the human population with some frequency every five to 10 years. He said, ultimately, what we're trying to do is create a universal coronavirus vaccine or intervention that could be used for all known coronaviruses, including ones that haven't even yet emerged. McLeland says they're already working on the next step by working with companies to make antibodies to the coronavirus so they could possibly inject those into healthcare workers or people who've recently been exposed. So that's some really good news coming out of Austin, Texas. Yeah. So that's definitely going to be on the radar um, as a possibility of ending all of this. Sounds very promising. Yeah. I hope I hope it, he succeeds. Yeah. Yeah, that would be very good. So in other news, um, more good the coronavirus or more good things during this coronavirus outbreak. More good from the coronavirus. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, cut that. Um, so Mighty Michigan has been a really good source of news uh, for me lately. Um, so this article by Amelia Hamilton is titled, Michigan Effort to Pass $1.5 Billion Progressive Income Tax Put on Hold. So we actually talked about this we did. on mm-hmm. the show. Talked about it quite extensively in the opinion segment. Um so the group, the activist group Fair Tax Michigan, um, has been circulating this petition to get graduated income tax. Mm. Um, they needed to collect four thousand two hundred fifty, no, four hundred and twenty-five thousand signatures from voters by July sixth to get their question on the ballot. So nearly ten ten thousand Michiganders signed a mighty Michigan petition against the proposal. Mm. So this article goes in-depth a little bit into some of the major problems with this plan that voters see. For one, the plan would give Governor Gretchen Whitmer 
and subsequent governors the power to set tax rates unilaterally without voter or lawmaker approval. Number two, scrapping the flat income tax protection would open the floodgates for middle class tax hikes. Number three, it would harm Michigan workers and the state economy at large. Results in other states show progressive income tax hikes cause wealth and investment to leave for greener pastures. And number four, Michigan's income tax is already fairly progressive. High-income residents pay roughly five times the share of their income in state income taxes compared with their lower-income residents. And Mighty Michigan actually has a place at the bottom of this article to sign the petition, um, which I've done, and I encourage you all, what are we up to, 25, 30 listeners? All 25 or 30 of you, uh, please go sign the petition. Um, look on the Facebook page. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get better at using this dang Facebook page. Gonna do it. Yeah. So I'm gonna sign the petition when I get home. Oh, good. From the underground bunker. Faith Ann, are you gonna sign the petition? That's a yes. <laughs> <clears throat> so <coughs> yes, go sign the petition. Um, tell other people to sign the petition. Um, you know, this this isn't. Hopefully, this show isn't just me. You know, ter- against the world. Hopefully, our listeners are, um, you know, trying to do their part and. Especially, you know, I, I know with the coronavirus going around, um, everybody's staying at home. Um, actually, the the point of that article was to say that, you know, they're not allowed to oh. circulate petitions anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they're not able to go, you know, mm-hmm. sign them. They're, they're not able to, I believe the, for some reason, it, I'm remembering that the petition was not allowed to be signed online. That one wasn't. But why is the other one allowed to be? I'm going to look at it again real quick. I'm not sure. I Probably because their petition is stupid and our petition is. <laughs> yeah, the article says progressive tax proponents are asking state lawmakers to allow an online signature petition option. In a letter to House Speaker Lee Chatfield and Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky, they wrote, In the face of this public health pandemic, our government and communities are adjusting the way we do things for the safety of us all. Making petition signing digitally accessible can and should be one of those adjustments. Michigan voters have rejected switching from a flat to a graduated income tax three times in the state history by at least a two-to-one margin in every case. So that's promising, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has something to do with the fact that they, you know, because that's to do with taxes. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it has, some, you know, something along those lines. Okay. That you have, if it's, if it's a, if you're wanting to put something on the, Ballot it has to do with raising people's taxes. It has to follow certain rules. Like that makes sense. You know, like you'd have to actually have to be able to prove that these people really signed it, and as opposed to just a general, you know, internet one because it could be hacked into. It could be yeah faked. Anything you know, they want they want to actually have a hard copy. I think yeah. If it was if it was something like you know we want prayer in school or something that they might allow that online. Yeah. But something like this, this is affects a lot of people, and they're like no. You can't do that online. You can't just yeah, get your friends to, you know, from any state, you know, to come on here and, you know, whatever. You know, how would you know? Yeah. Or, like, mm-hmm. sign it for people yeah. that you know. Like, right, yeah. You can do that digitally. Like, I could put my – like, I could put my next-door neighbor, yeah, exactly. you know, on the petition and – Right. He wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you going to say for that? The petition I signed, you have to do, like, your address and email and everything. Yeah. But I could, like, fabricate an email. Oh, I know. It's not hard to, like, set up an email real quick. 
so more more like what do you call this stuff fuzzy warmy stuff like fu- fuzzy feely stuff like oh good, yeah good, yeah yeah good feeling things mm-hmm. more of that uh you know miss the coronavirus so fox detroit reports uh royal oakman uses his 3d printers to make medical masks for hospitals oh wow yeah that's good news with three 3D printers, Nicholas Buzido's living room has become a mini mask-making factory. My production value right now is 24 a day, so roughly one an hour, he said. This mechanical engineer works at a local 3D printing company, Geofabrica, but it is now deemed non-essential and forced to close up shop. Nicholas saw a need and has the skills to help. I borrowed my dad's pickup truck and loaded up the printers, he said. He was able to find a design for reusable masks, not as good as the N95s, but something medical health professionals could use as a backup. You can see that filter now blocks where that hole used to be, then his guard literally snaps on and then you have a face mask, he said. The filter is a one-time use and the masks would need to be sanitized to use again. So that's pretty cool, regular person coming in to, you know, do some good stuff for the the medical professionals and trying Mm -hmm. to help out and he sees a need and he's trying to fill it so that's um, that's yeah that's one of the great things about our country yeah is people people do that and well we don't need to get too much into well that's one of the problems with a lot of regulations on you know small people yeah because you know they can fulfill a need but if there's a lot of regulations they can't if you take it off look what happens yep you know Yep. People spring up, entrepreneurs, and like, hey, there's something we need to do. Let's do it. Yep. That's exactly right. So it's great. And when it's cheap or when you don't have to, you know, toss a bunch of money at the government to get stuff mm-hmm. started, it's yeah, it's a lot more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll be discussing a little bit, you know, maybe that a little bit more in the opinion segment. And I know it's not been super long, but just know that we will miss you terribly through this coronavirus storm. And we will be back with you next week. So thank you so much for listening. Please give us a rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And right into the show, if you have suggestions for us, if you uh, have something you'd like to say to us, our email is straightnewsforyou at gmail.com. And thank you again for listening. I'm Thomas. And I'm Jim. And we'll see you on Friday for the opinion segment. <laughs>